I'm here with Saj Hussain. Uh, he's a, a friend, a fellow property investor. He specializes in JV. He's got an exceptionally inspiring story. So we're gonna go under the bonnet, ask him some really nice questions because I like him. Uh, I mean, he's from Birmingham. I'm not gonna hold that against him. But then we're gonna go deep under the bonnet and ask some uncomfortable questions and let's see how Saj answers them and let's see how much information we can get out of him because I think his whole concept is not to answer any question and my concept is to try and get more information out of him. So watch the video to find out. Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax-saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. Being in the world of property, what's at least the one thing that happened to you that you didn't expect in property and how did you deal with it? Because life one, got one, curved boards. Yeah. Let, well, let's do, uh, let's do one massively positive thing that happened for me in property very early on when I got involved. So, so the background was in IT and this is when we were rolling out networks, putting uh, you know, um, Cisco routers in and Windows servers in uh, you know, at that time. And I'd spend days and nights learning this stuff so that I could go and charge somebody to go and do it for them, mm -hmm. right? So my knowledge is what I've been paid for, and that's what the value was. So in property, when I was coming to learn about property investing, I'd bump into somebody and they'd just be open about, oh, we do it like this, this is what you do, and this, I'm thinking, why are you telling me all this? You know, I, I, I couldn't understand why people are so open and helpful when I'd used to, in my experience, come from a background where most of my uh, peers weren't open. You know, if I was stuck on how to get a server to work, there wasn't many people that I could ring that would answer a question for me. Yeah, I can come and have a look at it for you, it'd be 100 quid an hour, or you know, whatever it might be, because everyone was around me was making money from their time. So that was a massive positive thing that came up. Whoa, people are so open with their, with their knowledge uh, and how um, helpful uh, they are. I guess one thing that really uh, took me by surprise as well, and we touched on it earlier on, was maybe the amount of, uh, or the lack of self-belief people had. So for example, you know, I might uh, be, be on a, a training course where people are talking about um, you know, um, how to do rent to rent, for example. 50 people in a room, you all learn the same thing. If you put those same 50 people together a year later, why is it that most of them haven't done anything? They all learned exactly the same thing. And that is something that I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't understand that. And I still struggle to comprehend that sometimes, why some people will just not utilize what is available to them that can completely change your life. And why do you think that is? I think it's fears. I think it's, uh, um, and maybe my experience has been, as I said, you know, when you're self-employed, no one's gonna feed you. You've gotta put food on the table. You've gotta go out, do what you need to do to make sure that you're, you know, you're earning. And when you're, uh, and I'm thinking of some of my friends I was at college and university with, when they're working for somebody else and that check is gonna come regardless at the end of the month, and that pays the mortgage, that pays the food bills, that pays for the holidays, pays for the car insurance, pays for the kids' private school, there's a dependency then on that. There's now a massive fear of trying to step away from that. And the only way I can understand it is, well, I have no net to say, I'm gonna fall, I'm gonna, you know, 
uh, hurt myself and they're too afraid to fall. Uh, and that's just maybe my way of understanding it. And I think ultimately it comes down to fear. Yeah, I think it's, it's partly fear, partly confidence or lack of confidence, mm -hmm. i.e. I don't have a professional qualification. I think yeah. that holds a lot of people back. Uh, but I think also people just don't, in, they can't, I don't even recognize how able and competent they really are mm -hmm. because they, they've never pushed those boundaries so whether they're staying in their comfort zone and they're yeah. fearful or whatever but they don't know what the, the remarkable success that they can achieve because there's there's so much greatness in every single person absolutely but i think a lot of people don't go that deep yes. because they don't push themselves enough for different reasons whether it's fear or yeah. something that's going in their lives okay right now and they never really explore. Whereas I guess people like you and I, uh, again, linking it back to the, the, uh, our uh, childhood of the experiences we've had, uh, because I'm sure uh, when you were growing up, uh, your parents told you something like, for example, we came here with nothing. You hear stories of it. I, I, when I arrived at the airport, I didn't even have my wallet on me. Never mind having 10 pence or a pound or whatever. So I came Absolutely. with nothing. The time, yeah. And then obviously we have an inherent belief uh, in a supreme being. Yes. Okay. So our, obviously our, our belief is you die and you don't take anything with you in terms of material assets. The only thing yes. you take with you is the good that you've done. Yeah. And also, of course, the bad that you've done because you get judged for that. Uh, so, so therefore, you and I, I guess, and our childhood helps us, by the way, linking it back, back to our kids, is that we don't have that fear because we know what having nothing is like. And even though we don't want to go back yeah. there, we're thinking, well, you know, to get even further, we've just got to basically do whatever it takes. Yeah, and, and you I know, think that, that is, you can't give somebody. Yes, and that does link back to fear as well. So, you know, when I talk about, you know, I'm fearful. I'm fearful of not having anything. And that's what keeps driving me. You see, so that, I, I don't think that ever goes away. You know, when you, when uh, I spent a lot of time and I still do as much as I can learning about other successful people. And now there's so many amazing podcasts and stuff and interviews you can watch and learn people and, and you know, read their books and their journeys. And you see so many people that have achieved so much. They're still driven about this fear of having nothing. Mm -hmm. And so maybe it's a deeply, uh, deeply ingrained. So you've got. So we've just got onto page two of your seventeen pages. Page I, two. I told you you're going to be here for a long time. Uh, and as is, I've said to you that the start, and you were joking, is normal and customary. At the end, yes, I'll give you a nice curry, okay, <laughs> and uh, another glass of water or a bottle of water, and off you go, my friend. It's been all worthwhile. Aren't you glad you came? That's what everybody says, by the way. So I'll, I'll take the credit for that. Now you've got thirteen active companies. Have okay? I? Uh, I forgot you're an accountant. That I've seen. <laughs> 13. Okay. You know what? That means you actually haven't found all of them. Okay. Well, that's what I saw on our <laughs> company's house. Okay. Where are the rest, by the way? Cayman? Island Man? I'm not going to say anything. So we found something new now. We'll, we'll talk about that later, perhaps. Uh, depending on how cooperative you are. So if you start being cooperative from now on, then I might not ask about the company in Isle of Man. But you've got 13 <laughs> companies. Are they all active in property? All my businesses are property related. And you've got this facilities management company, is that linked with... Yeah, they're all property management, and so, so that's maintenance. Okay, for your own... Uh, Pretty much. Okay, and was that because you, you, you're spending a lot of money with other companies at the moment, what we, we're leaking all this cash, what are we doing house? A little bit, a little bit. It's a case of, but it's more about control. I'm, I'm a bit of a control freak, and this is my way of having more control over what goes on. 
we, we choose who works in the company, who does the maintenance, rather than giving that to a third party. We, have, we would just rely, hopefully, they'll do a good job. I'm not sure some would, but I think that's just made the control. For so you. has that saved you costs and improved efficiency yeah. and, and obviously quality control? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, as an account, we know if we've got property in our own name, we'll go and unblock the toilet. You know, you ain't gonna offset that as a cost. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're, your maintenance company goes and uh, deals with it, that's a, a cost uh, that you can offset. Yeah, cool. And then you resigned from four companies back in April, on the 9th of April, 2019. So either that was a dark day for you or you woke okay. up and thought, hold a minute, I've got too many companies here. What yeah. are these four? Yes. What happened there? Um, a bit of restructuring. Yeah. So why did you resign? Is, is it... I'm still involved with them. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not... As I'm not involved with them. You're not a I'm director. just not a director on them anymore. Okay. And was that to focus on other stuff, was it? I think... Uh, I'm just trying to think when um, that was. Yeah, I'm still involved with those. There's, there's only... Uh, you know, unfortunately, there's only 24 hours in the day. And uh, if I had another 24, I'd probably be able to use all them as well within the day mm -hmm. um, so it's a case of trying to focus on which things that you can take priority on which ones you need to really give the responsibility to other people to and say well you do that I'm here to support you but you deal with it fair enough and sometimes it, it, it's important to let go of stuff yeah uh, whether you, you do that through choice or whether you've got other partners or so yeah. to say well hold on a minute maybe uh, now is the, the right time for you to move on possibly Whatever it is, we don't need to mm. know that. I'm just interested to see what happened there. You might have a story on the 9th of April. Yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> I, I had a dream, and this is what happened. Well, uh, the, I think the, the only interesting story was uh, zip, uh, last year then when um, lockdown started happening, and I think pretty much everybody uh, wasn't alone there had a bit of a oh shit moment. What's going to happen now? Do you know what I mean? That was, I think, a, a bit of an uh, emergency panic for everybody. How's that going to affect our business, our staff, our tenants? What if all our tenants stop paying next month? What's going to happen? How long can we survive? Five minutes. Do you know what I mean? So, do you find that exciting, or does that scare the shit out of you? Because um, I find it exciting, by the way, to I make it easier for you. It's not. It's not. It's not exciting to be in in that moment in time when you're thinking. You know, when when the government tells you certain businesses can't operate, they have to close down completely when your tenants can't go out to work and their potential will have no income they're not going to pay you if it's a couple of tenants you could probably manage if it's a few if you start thinking well, if most of my tenants can't pay how long am i going to be able to survive you can't survive and so you start thinking well, so what does that mean how's that going to affect this and how's that going to affect that what about all the staff we employ so we have about 24 staff across the businesses how well, what's going to happen with all that so you know so there's certainly no fun and enjoyment in that However, what I love doing is finding solutions. Is, yeah. And that's, I think, just yeah. maybe another entrepreneurial trait. What you're doing is, uh, you know, you, you're looking for solutions to problems. Okay, how can we? And, yeah. you know, that's where I kind of started earlier on. As a young kid, you just start thinking, early, how can I? Yeah, I think using the pandemic is uh, possibly a, a bad example uh, in terms of asking the question, simply because, uh, obviously, that, that was a particular situation. Second, yeah. obviously, too many people dying, falling mm. ill, it's, it's difficult and... It's massive uncertainty, no, yeah, no, nobody, nobody experienced it, nobody, nobody wants to see that again. Yeah. But move away from that, when we have 2007 or mm. 8 for example, and I was around and I, I, I had a few businesses, or, or, or you have other scenarios where times are tough, economy is a bit shaky, mm. people are unsure, uncertain. I quite like it, because I think, what am I now going to do differently 
Because the word you used was, I now started thinking, or yes. something to that effect. Uh, and it's, it's, it's when we then start thinking on a higher yeah. but deeper level, yeah. okay, what are the, the possibilities? How can I restructure, change things here to make sure all of my team are protected? They get paid every month because they've got families, kids, other, uh, mm -hmm. uh, commitments, so you want to keep them safe. We've got tenants, if you're in property, or customers, clients, whatever, could look after all of them. And then obviously got to look after myself mm -hmm. as well. So we have that responsibility. I think people who don't have a business perhaps don't yes. always see it like that. Yeah. They think there's a boss here, yeah. there's employees here, the boss tells the employees what to do, and he or she is the bad guy, and the workers are the good people, for example, and that's just the way it works. And as you know, nothing could be further from the truth yeah. in, small, in the small business sector. Because we're one, we're always thinking about them thinking, yes. how do we make and sure? In many businesses, the, the boss is the last one to eat. Of and course. people don't understand that or see that. Yeah. And they're the ones carrying all the risk. Yeah. And so when they're carrying all the risk constructing, there's no appreciation for that often in small businesses. And when they're doing very well, um, there's uh, no real um, uh, empathy for them either. Yeah. Doomed either way, yes. aren't you? Yes. So, what's your net worth, Saj? Probably got about 25 quid in my pocket. Maybe, I think that covers for fuel to get home, I think. Will it? You're gonna buy the food for us, aren't you, for that? Oh, yeah. So, you might know, seriously, what do you think your net worth might be? It's no important idea. for us to no know. No idea, that, so. I couldn't care less. <laughs> but surely there must be, because uh, you were talking earlier about more, more, more. Yeah. Whether that's more property, yeah. more money, whatever, but there's more Achieving of something. Achieving more, doing more, serving more, being more, yeah. giving more. Yeah. But it's yeah. not all more money. Yeah. But, but money is an enabler for these things. Yeah. So if I want to give more, if I want to, you know, if I want to spend all my time helping other people, I have to have something yeah. that supports me to be able to do that. Yeah. Of course. So money is the enabler that does these other things. So when I talk about more, more is in case I don't want more money, more greed, it's more money. No, no, no. It's what does that money enable you to do? Yeah, of course. We're going to talk about that uh, in a short while as well. But profits are a consequence, aren't they? of doing the right thing at the right time, in the right way, for the right yeah. people, okay, uh, coming from a, a good place. I, I don't think profit's a dirty word, yeah. I don't think money's a dirty word, I don't think it's, it, it, they're both bad words either. But when, you, and, and don't tell me you don't by the way, because I'm going to struggle to believe you by the way, okay, because I know you well enough, because right? you have a very similar background. But when all is done and dusted, yeah. and Sad goes to sleep, not every single day, yeah. but sometimes, then you do think about, okay, I'm going to do all this hard craft, employing 24 people, got a few hundred properties, let's call it 300 properties. Okay, with That's your word, the Average 75 pound rent per person, so we're getting a good picture here, by the way. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, what have I got to show for it? But not in terms of a good feeling, that's important, by the way, and like I said to you, you and I have an inherent belief to do good. Yeah. No doubt about that and to employ more people and contribute to the local economy and pay the taxes you have to yes. pay. All that's very good, it's important. But we are human beings at the end of the day. So, okay, okay, what have I created for myself and my children and a legacy for them? Because you said earlier, obviously, you want to make things easier for your children. Part of that, to, to, to some extent, is going to be, okay, I want to leave them in a better place than I found them when they were born and hopefully, possibly, and most definitely, uh, give them a, a, a better start than we had, not through fault of our parents or anybody else, it was just the situation and the circumstance. And you, I mean, you and I can't do what our parents did, because they've moved 
4,000 miles away to someone else. We've had it quite easy, do you know what I mean? But so, so at some point, I know Sajid Hussain sits there and looks at his net, net worth, however he does it. You know, I'm an accountant, I'll probably do it different to you. So there will be some kind of figure there. What do you think that figure might be? I've no idea. I think um, you touched on quite a few few things there. So. You are when an I, honest guy, aren't you, Saj? Say again? You are an honest guy, aren't you? You was honest, I'm very, honest I'm, you? I'm very, uh, I like to think I'm very honest, yeah. Good. Yeah, it doesn't mean I'm going to share everything, but I'm very honest. Um, when, you know, when I started in property, it was a case, okay, how can I build something beyond me, family, make them comfortable? And, you know, when I fell over first time, I talk about, I talk about falling over, essentially when I failed and I fall flat my face. I talk about in the concept of falling over because the reason I call it falling over—that's the IT business, yeah. Yeah, because the reason I call it falling over because you get up and you move forward. So then uh, I had to take my daughter out of private school then, and that was really, really tough. That was one of the toughest things I did. And people think, well, you know, first world problems and stuff. Because what I was doing, I was taking all my daughter's friends away from her. Do you see? Difficult. And when I think about it like that, when she said, "Daddy, why can't I see my friends?" You know, those are the kind of things that cut you up, and those are the kind of things that drive you. So when, when I talk about I want to create something beyond me, what I want to do is make the, the what I'd like to do is for kids to be educated, to, be, uh, to understand you know, why they're here, their purpose in life. Those are things that I, uh, I think are important. It's not about me giving a lot of money. I say to them openly, you know, me and your mom are going to sell everything and travel around the world. So don't expect anything from us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. No, that's fine. But you do want to, obviously, Give you so as long as so as long as I've got a little bit of money to travel around the world, once we sell everything, it'll be all right. Well, you haven't, you haven't, and that's right. my concern for you because I've, I've got a revelation here for you. Yeah. So obviously, based on the information shared shared or with Companies House, uh, you've got assets on your trading companies worth two point eight six four million. You got liabilities at five point four one eight million. Uh, cash at 420,000, so you got more than 25 pounds, by the way. You're, you're hiding it somewhere okay. safe in a bank. I don't know how many bank, bank accounts, by the way. But your net worth here is minus 337,000 pounds. Okay. So you've either structured stuff really well, where I've not been able to kind of put everything together, or possibly, if you're doing, are you doing any property developments? Yes. Okay, so maybe those figures aren't realised, okay? And obviously, once they get realised and get reported, this number will change. But at the moment, you're more than broke, your £237,000 under. So now we're gonna use that figure to get to where you are right now, because I know that is a snatch, snapshot of the past, maybe the, the last year and before, but there, there's more going on here. So what property development deals are you working on right now? So uh, let me, uh, I guess, ask you a question first. As an accountant, do you think that is a, a true reflection of somebody's situation where you can see a company's house? It, see, the, the balance sheet gives you a snapshot, doesn't it? Yeah. It says, here is the person's asset, assets, here are their liabilities. So based on that, this company is worth X. Uh, that is a snapshot of the past. Now, obviously, accounts get filed uh, up to nine months after the year end. So when you're looking at it, it's the past. I think in normal, uh, I think normal, in other businesses, uh, it's probably a bit more accurate. Okay, or not accurate, but you can rely on it a bit more. For property, you can't, and I'll tell you why you can't. So I bought a piece of land in Boston, which we were talking about before we started this interview for 350,000 uh, pounds. 
and we then obtained uh, outline planning, we then obtained full planning on it, we're now building 40 houses. So as someone looks at this, uh, a snapshot of those, those that particular uh, project, it might not always show the exact value because obviously we're going to show the value of the properties uh, as we're building them out. But you'll have a significant bank loan, okay, with a large payment up front. So if you look at the, the figures now, you'll see how it has, you've spent £650,000 buying all this material, paying for all this labour costs and services, okay, and you've got grand worth of land, so really you're in a minus figure, which I am. But when you get to the end, you'll have properties worth about over 8.1 million, probably a bit higher by the time you finish, because as you know, property prices are, are going up, okay? You, you spent six million pounds on building them, plus 315,000 pounds to buy the land, and, and STLT, whatever, so you've made profit possibly of 1.5 million. So you wouldn't see that until you get to the end, and that's what I'm trying to get to from here, not to the end, but to the end of as in where we are right now. Yes. So, in terms of the, the property projects or the developments you're working on, what are you working on right now? So I've got a couple of developments. So I guess just to wrap up the other question is, so the company's house isn't really a true reflection of somebody's it's, situation. It, it's, a, a reflection of the, it's a reflection of the past and it's what people have reported. So if unless we've got something better to go by, i.e. <laughs> how many properties do you own? What's your rent roll? Okay, how which, much which you potential have. profit we're making if you don't have, yeah. if you don't give us anything else, then we have to go by this. So I'm helping you out here, by the way, because I really like you a lot, as you already know. But it could, be out, that but it could be out of context. Okay. Oh, but I'm gonna help you prove that, because <laughs> you're not being very helpful to me and our viewers. So which pro property projects are you working on right now? Uh, so we've got, a couple, we've got a few projects that we're working on, a bigger one. Developments, as opposed Development, to HMOs we've or got, uh, four houses projects that we're just completing off, finishing off at the moment. So you're building four uh, houses brand new, yeah? yeah. Uh, well, one's, one's a conversion, three new ones on that side. Okay. And what's the GDV on those? They'll be just over two million. And what kind of profit margin are you looking at on those? About four to five hundred grand. That's not bad, is it? And uh, before we, we go on to any of this, it's difficult right now in terms of buying materials. Yeah, so definitely. At the minute, I mean, we're trying to buy a shed load of bricks. Brick <laughs> Roof, I brick we ordered for, 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 for yeah. the whole year. So, uh, the company that we were buying the bricks from called us one day, about eight weeks ago, mm -hmm. and if you don't place the order today for all 49 houses, you ain't gonna get your bricks for a whole year. Really? Up to you today, or, and this is a guy who our team has, uh, have worked with over the last 35 odd years. So he wasn't pulling their leg, yeah. they know him very well. His name is Richard, he said, Richard, if you don't place the order today, you ain't gonna get the bricks. So we had to place the order the whole year. Roof tiles, okay, uh, timber frame, can't get rid of it, mm -hmm. floor tiling. It's just, it's just gone crazy, isn't it? And the price went up and up and up and up and up, cement's just, just gone through the roof. So is that going to dent this profit margin or is that after taking in account, or into account all those costs? Um, I think these projects are complete now, so it's stuff that we're working on now. That's okay, so this, this is done? This is more or less finished now. Okay, so what else are you working on right now? So we've got, uh, we've got several houses that we're doing and we've got a pub conversion which is still part way through, it's part converted and part we're trying to get additional planning on. So are you converting that will, end up, that will end up with probably all going well about 20 odd units. 20 units and what's the GDV in those? Uh, it will depend how it how it pans out but they, those units will be uh, probably 100 grand a unit, they'll be smaller units. So about 2 million pounds and what's it all costing you in terms of purchase price, all of the fees, uh, well, conversion? I bought that site for I think about 300 something grand. Mm -hmm. 
and how, how much it costs you to convert plus in bank uh, finance? It's not finished and, and stuff yet. Uh, I haven't got any bank finance on that. It's uh, just private investor money, which is kind of okay. mostly how I tend to work. And are you doing a 50-50 JV or no, also kind of split or are you paying them interest? No, I'm interest. On average, if, if people are looking to get uh, those kind of uh, loans or deals from other investors, what kind of interest rate do you think they should be looking at? Uh, in terms of borrowing money or yeah, lending? borrowing money. Yeah, when you're borrowing money, you want to pay the lowest possible rate, don't yeah, you? Yeah, but I mean, so it. So I think when it comes to investor money, you have to. There's there's a lot of different things to think about, and when someone just says to me off the cup, well, "What is it you pay?" I said to him, "Between six and sixteen Yeah, that's what I've heard you about. I'm yeah. if somebody's out there think, "I want to borrow a hundred grand," because I get this, yeah. I ask this question a lot from our viewers and followers. How much interest should I pay? Well, and let me phrase it a different way. If you're going to borrow 100 grand from the bank, right, what interest rate would you pay? Well, if you go to Lloyd's, for example, yeah. you're looking at 4.5% above it. So you got 4.5%. So how would you expect it to be different or what variation do you think would it be with an, uh, an private individual? Well, I think uh, because there's less checks and balances, they're taking more risk, possibly the issue of security. So you're looking at at least 8% if not higher. Okay, so then with the um, the more risks, uh, the, the security, the less uh, uh, checks and balances, the, the more variation there is, the higher the rate becomes. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I think the key part. It's not just how much is it, how much money and what rate, there's all these other underlying things yeah. that will determine. Which what is obviously rate is. knocks up the rate, doesn't yes. it? Yeah, because obviously yeah. If, if somebody's got a first charge, yeah. the rate might be 7%, for example. Exactly. 1% a month. Yeah, and you know, I've got stuff that where we've got 4%, 5% we're paying on first charge yeah. from private individuals. And you can do that quite easily because that's still a lot more than what they get in the bank. And the money's very, very safe. It's secure, In yeah, that structure. Yeah, right. If you give a yeah. So it all depends how the deal is structured. I think that's absolutely key. Yeah. And the uh, reflective of the risk. Yeah. Yeah. So I so to kind of, just to add my two pence worth is when people ask me that question is, I say, don't worry about what the interest rate is. Look at the deal. Yeah. How much are you making from that? How much are you willing to and able, willing and able, to pay to make the deal happen. Yes. Because if, it, yeah. if you've got to pay, if you've got to pay one percent a month, okay, which is twelve percent a year, most people gasp. Ah, I've got to pay twelve percent. This happens all the time, by the way. You're gonna pay twelve percent, but you're gonna walk away with. Let's talk, talk hard numbers here, by the way. So let's let's assume they bought two hundred thousand pounds and twelve percent of the and it's just for a year. You're paying twenty four thousand pounds, but you're walking away with a hundred thousand. Okay, after paying the cost, uh, what's your problem? Yeah. Why, why are you worried about how much you're paying them? I agree. Get the money, do with, the deal. With bridges, they look at it the same way. So bridging, I guess, is a form of private money. They're just more sophisticated is, yeah. in their approach. Yeah. And if a bridger typically is charging, you say, a percent a month, a 12%, as you said, yeah. and sometimes people go, that's very expensive. Plus all the fees and charge and everything else you're going to pay on top of that. Realistically, it could be 14, 15, 16%. It translates into as a true cost. But actually, as you just said, if you're making 100 grand out, then you're not putting much of your money in very little money or very little risk. Then that's still a decent trial. I see a lot of people can't get over that barrier because they're thinking it's Lloyd's, logical because Lloyd's charge one half percent, four percent. But you're not working with Lloyd's because Lloyd's probably aren't interested in giving their money because because yeah. when they give you their tickets of all the stuff that they want, yeah, okay, of all the information, you probably haven't got half of it anyway. Yes, and you're gonna fall to through the cracks and then then as you know, inevitably, one of my uh, frustrations is uh, obtaining finance. We're, I'm doing it all the time because we're doing working on so many different deals. Uh, it's a night massage. It takes, uh, they say eight weeks. 
It takes a year. Yeah, yeah. It takes a bloody year. I'm working on one right now. We've been at it since March. It's and they said end of August. We promise you'll be done. Yes. August gone. September gone. I think October's gonna go as well. And during that time, the criteria can change as well. Of course it is. And then you get to yeah. the end, and it isn't yeah. what it was initially. Of course it is. Yeah. But yeah. it can do. So these twenty units, which is the pub, mm -hmm. uh, your so you, you you think the end value would be around two million, probably, uh, and. That, what? So the, that will be the main building itself. Then we've still got the land at the back. Yeah, which we want to try and develop. So, well. what kind of profit margin are we looking on that? I think I would always look at twenty five percent plus as a margin, really. And are you going to keep those, or are, are you going to sell we'll them? Probably keep those. So refinance, pull your money out, pay off the investors. Yeah. Because it's a it's a good rental. Profit. We were talking just before we started. You know, it's almost like property for free. It is. Why wouldn't you? It is exactly yeah. Yeah. And have you invested any of your funds in that particular deal? Uh, no. Okay, so that's no. What I, what I had is back out. Okay. So you got. I just swap it with invested money. So, so the house is done, pub's done. Yeah. Any of the development you're working on? Not develop. Not developments right now that we've started. We said about several house projects, HMOs, and okay. regular kind of uh, stuff going on and flips and things. Um, we. Over the last year, we've probably done less than what we would do ordinarily. Uh, and I think that's primarily because just the deals just don't stack. But I think that will change in the coming months. Okay, cool. So now we're gonna, I'm going to ask you a few questions just around your thoughts. And then we're going to finish off by asking you a few quick fire personal questions where you give a yes, no, one, two, three answer to keep it simple. Uh, what does the world of Saad Hussein look like in five years' time? Where will you be? What are you going to be doing? Uh, I think I'm already doing what I'd like to do. I enjoy doing what I'm doing. Um, the word more comes to mind, but it's more of the same type of thing. So from a property point of view, you want to do more uh, projects, uh, more, more developments. Um, you know, our lettings uh, businesses uh, are growing. We're starting uh, another one. We're starting a, a state agency as well. Uh, the sourcing business will probably relaunch, I think, probably early next year. Um, and uh, the training and mentoring side of the business uh, as well. Um, so it's not, it's not that different because I guess of the last you know 15 years i've always kind of evolved slightly so i've done a lot of different things and some of those things are very different from what i was doing years ago but it's all been slow movements rather than kind of jumping around all over the place and so i think it'll just be a continuation of that and what do you think the world might look like in five years time <laughs> uh if only i knew i, I think the last year and a half has uh, taught us that uh, we can never predict what's going to happen and uh, we do live in a, a, an uncertain world. Um, I think uh, things that will impact us from our business and a property point of view, the fact that you know more people probably are working from home um, in terms of uh, transportation, amount of space people want, outdoor spaces. Um, I think these are the kind of things that directly impact us I think uh, the government is going to probably continue to, to beat us up as uh, landlords and developers. Uh, I don't think they're going to be um, holding back there. Did you say a conservative government, by the way? I think that, that, that's, any, what any I government. that's what I heard. Any that, that's what I heard. By the way, you'd make a really good politician. Would I? You're fantastic. You're brilliant. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm poor. I'm really I'll bad. The question. They sent me in there and I just go and answer all the questions. And you're a moron. You answer all the questions. I, I answer all the questions, okay? You're fantastic. 
you you dance around perfect. Have you got any training in the world of politics by any chance? Because you I, I haven't actually. If I, I sign you up, this is well done, Charles. You got a star for us here. <laughs> you're really good, really good. I think uh, you know some things that uh, need to be personal. Because I'm very very public in terms of. Uh, you find me very easily online on social media and stuff like that. Yeah, everywhere. Really. My, my family fairly private. They, you know, part of my youngest daughter, Katie, some, uh, you know, might be in my uh, some If I try and take a, a picture of the family, they all run off and disappear. Nobody wants to uh, be me because they're generally all quite private. And so, you know, you, it's about striking a balance of um, what you share, why you're sharing it, what's the relevance of it uh, uh, as well. I think it depends on where you come from. Mm. So a name you mentioned earlier said, I've got X amount, okay, of... Uh, cash or assets under management is a very different thing in terms of positioning to when somebody asks you a question say just share what's mm -hmm. going on for you it's a bit like saying what car do you drive yeah. for example okay, I used to drive a Rolls Royce and say oh well I'm not telling you I'm not telling you yeah. uh, whereas I'll say well I drive, I drive a Rolls Royce I know that might scare certain people off or they might have a certain view about me but think, hold a minute labour politician well driving a Rolls Royce what's going on here but if they listen to the story and what happened and how that happened, by the way, that makes perfect sense. So it's, a, it's an opportunity mm -hmm. to share information from a good place. And you're obviously, I know you well enough now to know you're a good guy. Whether you've got five properties, by the way, or 555 properties, it matters not. It matters not. It's just to show people what's achievable. Because sometimes you, I mean, you know this as well as I do, if not better. We're talking to people in, in an audience in a room and there's that one thing that you say which in your mind may not be significant. Mm -hmm. But in five years' time, Mandy comes up to you, oh man, you remember Sajjah, I met you in Peterborough, Birmingham, you said that one thing, okay, which you, you probably say often enough, but to that one person, that one thing, which is really small and insignificant in your mind, changed their life. Yes, and I, I, you I've had know. that experience on the other side yeah. myself many times. I've heard somebody speak and something they've said has really resonated with me and you know might be a year later you meet him and said you know you said something actually quite yeah had quite a profound exactly. uh, effect um so you know uh, 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 i get that and uh, you know we we we, do, we talk about uh, what other people uh, achieve and i think you know if we look around us in the world people are trying to get to mars right now so we have to think big and really very rarely with especially in property are we trying to do something that no one has ever done before so if other people have done it and they achieved it, it's doable. It's just, how can we do it? That's the question. It's not, can it be done? It's how can we do it? Yeah, of course. Well, we managed to get some numbers actually, didn't we? We did. Your current yeah, developments, age. okay? Your current developments. <laughs> I figured that out as well, by the way, but I'm not going to share that because that's my company's house. Uh, your wisdom, by the way. I'll be looking but, for a birthday card this year, then. Of course you will, of course you will. And more. I'll, I'll send <laughs> you a cake. Uh, if you could have, have coffee or tea, if, if you drink to your coffee, you don't find, but if you could have a, a drink of any sort with any historical figure, well, who would that be and why? Um, I think uh, for me, you know, I lost my dad about 15 years ago. A few more minutes, it would be nice. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But my, my father passed away when I was 15. Uh, and I had a profound impact on me, do you know? Uh, and yeah, so I share that. It, it, it is difficult. And I think that's probably one of the driving forces really that you and I have had, by the way, Saj, do you know? Uh, I mean, this in the nicest way possible, obviously, you never want anybody's parents or parent to pass away. But I think not having that support there, you know, 
I think has been a driving force for us in a, 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 a weird, in a different way, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so uh, I, I, I share your pain, my brother. Yeah, we're it, not alone in that, you know, lots of people uh, experience that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's difficult, it, it is difficult. And if you could live anywhere in the world, apart from Kashmir, of course, where would you live? It'd definitely have to be Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> We've no. got everything in Birmingham. Why would we want to live anywhere else? Yeah. If it had, if it, if it wasn't, if it weren't to be Birmingham, I'd choose anywhere else. Where do you? It'd have to be the closest place to be able to get to Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> you like Birmingham that much, do you? I do. It's an amazing place. I tell everyone. Ah, well, I like Birmingham. I mean, I I prefer Edinburgh. I prefer Edinburgh, but oh, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I like, but I like Birmingham. So, quick fire. Uh, Round here, just for you to for very, very quickly answer questions the best that you can. If you could choice. be remembered, no, no, just very quickly though. <laughs> if you could be remembered for one thing, what would that one thing be? Uh, making an impact to others, positive difference. Okay, and what's the best compliment you've ever received? I'm still waiting for that one. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. What's an insult that you've received but you're quite proud of it? Um, I'm an only son, so uh, uh, an uncle telling my parents your son will never match anything. Yeah, but you pulled it on, didn't you? What's a, a funny story that your family uh, tells about you that you'd be open to sharing with us today? Um, I think uh, when we're up for doing something daft, I'll definitely be the first one to go. Such a case of Yeah, dad will be up for that. What's been your least favorite job that you've had so far in life? Um, when I was at university, I did uh, 12 months work experience, and that was at uh, West Midlands Police in the uh, newly formed in IT department and also the audit department in accounts. And, you know, there were nice people I was around, but it was just so monotonous to work. And this was my really first experience of working in an office. And I think that uh, that was something I just really, really did not enjoy. It wasn't for you. But it really shaped me as well and taught me that, you know, I, I don't want this for the rest of my life. What's something that people seem to misunderstand about you, in your opinion of you or experience? Um, these are deep questions, you know. The quick fire, you have to get it's back to quick fire. You're a dentist after all, this is, this is no problem. Oh, we still have the dentist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I never got that for one Someone told me it's the dentist. It just goes to show your research may not be very accurate, but uh, never mind. <laughs> someone heard this is in the past. Yeah. We were talking about you, and someone said, as you know, but yeah, yeah. friends in Birmingham said, oh, Sad. Yeah, we know Sad, he's a dentist. And that just stuck in my head, Sad is yeah. a dentist. And I've never asked you, have I? Uh, no, no, you haven't. Yeah, haven't. So I just assumed from that point onwards, they're probably talking about some other Sads, who's also into property, by the way. Yes. Birmingham is a big place, I'm sure there's more than, more than one Sad who's saying who's a dentist yeah, yeah, and is probably. in property, by the way. But yeah. Um, just thinking, misunderstood. I don't know, I, I, think, I think with me, uh, you know, you, you get what you see, really. Yeah. What makes you feel inspired? Um, seeing what other human beings have achieved, which what, other people think is impossible. What do you like most about yourself? Um, the, the, the belief, uh, uh, self-belief. And if you could go back and speak to the 18, year old Saj all those decades ago, what one piece of advice would you give him? Um, pick one thing and stay focused. 
and put the blinkers on and don't get distracted by anything else. And then just go for it. Yeah. Well, sadly, it's been an absolute pleasure. I hope you know, I, I have taken it easy on you because you're a friend. But the next time oh, you come here, next time you come here, when the studio's all even more done up, okay, we're gonna have the second round of questions. Yes. But really, honestly. I never did uh, ring you and ask you, I said, what we're talking about. I just turned up. I should have realized. But you knew I, mean, I was gonna take it easy on you because it's, it's the first interview. Yeah. Thank you very much. No, but it's, it's been good. Thank it you both. Different. Different. No, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.